Welcome to the Colonial Hills Podcast, a ministry of Colonial Hills Baptist Church. And so in the time that we have left, I want us to consider two passages of Scripture. Psalm 127 is the first one, and we're going to be going to John chapter 15 in a little bit. And I want us, as we launch out into a summer of ministry, uh, both in our summer, both in our church schedule, but also in our personal schedule, uh, to remember two things. And each one corresponds to one of these passages. So the first thing that I want us to remember from Psalm 127 is that only God can bring true success. That's true for us as a ministry here at Colonial Hills Baptist Church. That's true for you and your family. Uh, only God can bring true success. We can do a lot of effort. We can, we can have a lot of, of energy. But at the end of the day, only God is the one who can bring true success. So we're going to look at Psalm 127. I'm going to go ahead and read the whole thing. And uh, we're going to give some comments on it and think about it. And then we'll move over to John chapter 10. But first of all, Psalm 127, we read, Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh but in vain. It is vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows. For so he giveth his beloved sleep. Lo, children are an heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. As arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are children of the youth. Happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with the enemies in the gate. Let's pray briefly, and then we'll consider what God's word has for us this morning. Our Father, we thank you for uh, your goodness. We thank you for all that we have uh, been given here at this church, in this uh, city, in this country. Lord, we pray that we would be good stewards, but we also pray that we would not become arrogant, that we would not be self-reliant, that we would realize that all the good things we have come from your hand and that we would uh, take responsibility with that, that we would um, uh, be serious about that. Lord, I pray now as we uh, study your word that you would uh, give us understanding. I pray that you would help me to make clear what it is that uh, you require of us, and I pray that as we leave this place, uh, we would leave uh, better equipped uh, for every good work, that we would live lives that bring you honor and glory. For we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. As we look at Psalm 127, I, I want to point something out. We don't always uh, look at these, but if you look just uh, at the top above the actual text, you'll see there a song of degrees for Solomon. This is an interesting uh, psalm. Uh, according to the uh, uh, superscription there at the top, it's somehow related to Solomon. Either it was written for Solomon um, it could also mean perhaps that it's of Solomon or that Solomon wrote it. Uh, there's an annoying little Hebrew preposition there, which I looked up uh, as I was preparing for this, and it could be translated to, towards, for, at, near, into, belonging to, of, by, regarding, on account of, through, in view of, for, unto, after, by, against, with reference to. So um, pretty much the Hebrews use this preposition to just mean anything and everything. So uh, it's a little bit unclear. Is this talking about the fact that this was written for Solomon or was this written by Solomon? Either way, this psalm is supposed to be associated with Solomon. And that's kind of interesting because as you read it, there's some themes here that kind of sound like Solomon. Except the Lord build the house. Now Solomon built a lot. He built a lot, a lot of stuff. If you go back and read the account in Kings and Chronicles, I mean, there's just Solomon built this, and he built this, and he had this crew, and it's all organized, and there's massive building that's undertaking, uh, most significantly, uh, the house of the Lord. 
But it goes on, it says, um, except the Lord build a house, they labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep a city, the watchman waketh but in vain. Now again, that word vain or vanity should bring to your mind the book of Ecclesiastes. Uh, Solomon looked at all of life and realized, you know what? Um, if, it, if it's not for God, <laughs> all of life is vanity. If you, if you take life and you pull God out of the equation, all that you're left with is vanity. If you leave God as part of what life is about, as, as the part, as the central aspect of life, well, now you can enjoy life. And, and now uh, you can work in their satisfaction. And so much like Ecclesiastes, this psalm is saying that if you take life, if you take all of the endeavors and all of the work and all of the effort, and you, and you, and you don't have the Lord's blessing on any of that, it's vain. You might as well just go home. Um, it goes on, it says, uh, Except the Lord keep a city, the watchman waketh in vain. I'm sorry, then it goes down in verse 3. Lo, children are in heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. As arrows are in the hands of a mighty man, so are the children of youth. Happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with the enemies in the gate. It's kind of interesting. This psalm at first almost kind of feels a little bit like there's like two psalms that got stitched together. The first one talks about the Lord protecting and, and keeping the city. And the second one talks about the family. And yet uh, there's a very clear connection between these two. And that is that it's the Lord that builds and protects cities. And it's the Lord that builds and protects our families. Really, families are the core unit of our civilization. And so it's God who's able to build strong families. It's God who's able to build strong cities. If you want anything done and you want it done right, you're going to have to have God as the key aspect of it. This passage is teaching us that it is pointless for us to do anything, even the good things, without God. So let's get real practical uh, we just put up a, a PowerPoint with a whole lot of things that we've got going on this summer. And, and those are good things. And I'm, as I said, I'm excited about those. I'm excited about the summer. Summer's a great time. Uh, I love the summer. But, but the reality is that if God doesn't bless us in our efforts, if God doesn't come and his spirit doesn't move among us, if God doesn't do the work, then we might as well just cancel all of it because nothing of eternal value is, is going to happen. Except the Lord build a house, except he be the one to do it, they labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh but in vain. If we don't have God on our side, if, or, or better, if we're not on God's side, and we're not doing what he's called us to do, and we're not seeking him in prayer, then all of our efforts will come to nothing. So what does that mean? Again, that, that means prayer. That means that we as a church, we as individuals, I as a pastor, we, we have to take this seriously and say, Lord, we pray that you would, would bless our efforts. Because we don't have it. We don't have what it takes. We don't have the, we don't have the strength. We don't have the stamina. We don't have the wisdom. We can't change hearts. We can't do the things that need to be done for ministry to move forward. So God, I ask that you would move in our church family. And that means that as a family with whatever your schedule looks like, wherever you're going and whatever you're doing, if God's not behind that, then you might as well just stay home. Only God can bring true success. Whether that's something like building a city or, or hosting ministries or having activities, or whether that's our families. We have to have God 
That's the first point that I want to make. Only God can bring true success. That's from Psalm 127. The second point that we're going to look at really goes with that, and we see it in John chapter 15. So turn over, if you would, to John chapter 15. John chapter 15. It, it's sad, finishing up on, on Psalm 127 quickly, it, it's sad that Solomon wrote that, and yet in his life, he didn't live it out for, for many of, of his years. It seems like, I think near the end of his life, he got some things squared away. But, but Solomon, he, he wrote that or it was written for him. And yet when we look at Solomon's life, that we, we see somebody who tried to do it in his own strength. Um, who started off really well, who started off dependent on God. And yet when the blessings started to flow in, his heart, his heart kind of became cold and indifferent to the Lord. He started to allow little itty-bitty compromises. Well, we're going to get more chariots. Careful, the Lord said not to multiply chariots. Well, we've got a lot of gold. We bring. Careful, the Lord said not to multiply gold. Well, we've got to start making some of these political marriages because that's how, that's how you advance your power and your strength and your prestige. Careful, the Lord said not to multiply wives. And little by little, Solomon started off very dependent. He comes to the Lord and he says, God says, I'll give you anything. He says, oh God, I don't know how to go in or how to come out. I feel like a little kid and I'm supposed to lead your people. I need your help. By the end of his life, he's worshiping false gods. It's a warning. It's a warning to all of us that we've got to remain so vigilant because we can look at the blessings and if, if, just take a look around at the blessings that God has given us as a church, us as a nation, many of us in our families. And if we begin to, to become complacent and become self-reliant, we too, like Solomon, can, can totally miss that we've got to have God. And so that brings us then to John chapter 15. And here we're going to see that only through dependence will we see that success. Only God can bring success if the, um, except the Lord build the house, the laborers work in vain. And secondly, it is only through dependence that we will see that success. I'm going to read uh, chapter 15, verses 1 through 10, um, or, or actually 1 through 8, and then skip down and read verse 16. But John chapter 15, verse 1 reads... I am the true vine, and my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, no more can ye, except ye abide in me. I am the vine, and ye are the branches." He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me ye can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch, and is withered. And men gather them, and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified that ye bear much fruit, so shall ye be my disciples. And then I want to read verse 16. It says, Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain. That whatsoever ye shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it, uh, that he may give it you. As we look at this passage, uh, this is a, a well-known passage. I hope it's one that uh, you've studied out before. It's one that I know uh, many times has been convicting to me. Especially that little phrase, that we find in verse number 5 at the very end, Jesus is speaking. He says, For without me, ye can do nothing. 
Not without me, you won't be as successful as you otherwise would be. Not, you know, without me, it's going to be really, really hard. Without me, you can do nothing. Um, I've preached this message before, and, and when I've, um, or on this text before, and when I've preached to kids, one thing that's kind of fun to do is I'll pull out a, an old cell phone that I've had and say, you know, boys and girls, uh, this phone doesn't work. And I'll hit the power button and show them, and it won't turn on. And I'll say, do you want to know why it doesn't work? And, um, you know, normally some of them can figure out, well, is, is, is the battery dead? Yeah, the battery's dead. It hasn't been charged. Uh, I had a phone where the charger stopped working, and so eventually the phone dies, and that's it. And you know what? If it can't charge, what can it do? Well, it, it, it can't do anything that a phone's supposed to do. If you can't turn it on, it's not like, okay, well, the functionality is limited. It's not like, okay, well, I can call people, but I can't use uh, the GPS. I remember one time my phone battery died, or my phone was glitching out. It wasn't working, and I was trying to pull up a map because I was going to go uh, visit someone. I'm like, ah, man, okay, I, I think it's reloading or rebooting. I need to let them know that I'm going to be late um, or, you know, that I may not be able to come. And I realized I couldn't because my map was, was on my phone, and my phone wasn't working, so I couldn't text them or call them. It's one of those things where once you're, when your phone's not working, all of a sudden you realize how many things you use your phone for. You know, if your phone doesn't have power, it can't do anything. And that's really the image that he's using here. He's using an agricultural uh, image, but the image is this. If you have a, a plant that's growing, a, a vine where there's, there's a fruit that's coming off of grapes, if you went up and break off one of those branches before any grapes form, what's it going to do? Well, it's not going to do anything. It can't produce grapes. It can only be, as we sang about earlier, a channel. A channel through which the, the life-giving sap of that plant can create a grape. We are channels. It's only through us that God works. And God does want to work through us, and he does want to use us, but he's the one that has to do the work because without him, we can do nothing. And so the goal here in this passage is twofold. It's that, the, is that we bring forth much fruit and that we bring forth fruit that lasts. I've been, um, I was convicted by a pastor's message uh, Sunday night, uh, I think it was last week or a couple weeks ago, on the concept of Elijah praying and asking for a double blessing. And just the idea that, that Elijah asked, he asked for that. And sometimes we might look at that and say, oh, Double blood. That's kind of, you know, that's a lot to ask. Should you? And, and he just went and he said, Elijah, I want, I want a double portion. I want to be your successor. I want, to see, I want people to see that, that the power of God rests upon me and that I am standing forward as you once stood forward and continuing on with your mission. He asked for that. You know, I do think sometimes we're scared to ask for big things. Um, I think, if I'm just going to be honest and transparent in my own life, sometimes I'm scared to ask for big things because I'm worried that maybe it's, it's coming of pride, but, but many times it's just because of unbelief. I'm worried that if I ask for big things that God won't do those big things and then, oh man, you know, that's going to be hard on my faith if I ask God for something and then I don't get it. Christ is speaking here. He says that the Father's design for us is that we bring forth much fruit. And so as you pray this summer, whether it's praying for your family or whether it's praying for the ministry here, whether it's praying for the missionaries uh, that we support uh, or ministries that are dear to your heart, as you pray, pray big prayers. Pray that God would do big things. Pray that as we work in the power of the Spirit, that 
that God would use us to bring forth not just fruit, but much fruit. Why? Well, verse 8 says, For herein is my Father glorified that ye bear much fruit. Not for ourselves, not so that we can look around and say, Wow, we're really cool, we're really great, look at all the things we did. But so that as we do that, we become channels of God's power, and people look through us and they see Him and they see what He has done. But also pray that there would be fruit that remains. <clears throat> ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that ye should go forth, that you should go and bring forth fruit, and that your fruit should remain. Our desire, our heart, our passion should be that there be fruit, but that there be fruit that remain. What does it look like? Well, that looks like the first grader who trusts Christ at a VBS. And 50 years down the road, she has children who love and serve God, marrying others who love and serve God. That's fruit that remains. I want that. I want that for our ministry. I want that for my family. It looks like a couple who's on the brink of divorce, but they hear a message from God's word that really convicts them over their selfishness and who decide that they're going to take the hard step to work things through and that leads to a home that becomes healed and that leads to many faithful years of ministry. It looks like the young adult who has a successful career going and, and who's, who's been serving the Lord and following the Lord and, and they, they were following what, what they believed was God's plan for their life and, and, and perhaps it was but now they, they really sense that God is calling them to ministry and they decide, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put that behind and I'm going to go and I'm going to serve Christ. And they do for 10, 15, 20, 30 years. That's fruit that remains. It looks like a summer of faithfully following God and growing, growing, growing closer to Him and then doing that again summer after summer after summer and year after year after year and reaping the compounding blessings of following God and doing life His way. That's fruit. That's much fruit. And that's fruit that remains. And so as we come into the summer months, Busy summer months, exciting summer months, fun summer months. Let's remember these two important principles. First of all, only God can bring success. We can't do it. None of us here have the ability to bring true success. Only God can do that. And God only does that through our dependence. It is only through our dependence that we will see success. For without me, he said, ye can do nothing. This podcast has been a ministry of Colonial Hills Baptist Church, a church home for all people. If what you've heard has been an encouragement to you, please subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. If you'd like to connect with Colonial or find more resources, you can find us online at colonialindy.org. You can also check us out on Facebook and Twitter. Thanks for joining us today, and we hope to see you next time on the Colonial Hills Podcast.